56% of Americans said that they were better off today than they were four years ago, would have been under the Obama-Biden administration. So why should people who feel that they are better off today under the Trump administration vote for you? Well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. They think 54% of American people are better off economically today than they were in our administration. Well, their memory is not very good, quite frankly. A few moments later. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. So vote! Vote! Visit iWill.com slash Ohio. We got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon. The governor, okay? Well, their memory is not very good, quite frankly. The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another episode. Right here inside the Jackal's Head Live, again on psn-radio.com. That's right, PSN Radio, Sofla Radio, and the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Welcome to another exciting episode, and tonight is going to be a great one. Live on October 18th, 2020. Hope everybody's staying safe and sound, COVID-19 free, and ready to kick Kung Flu in the ass on November 3rd. We have a lot to cover tonight. The president has uh, been on the news all week. He was here in my home city in Miami, Florida this past weekend. It was uh, a really interesting event that he attended. A lot has happened. He's uh, right now looking like it's going to be a very good outcome if you're a Trump supporter. The left is getting unhinged. They're losing their minds. And it's all becoming very, very clear. The conspiracies are real. That's right, folks. You know, for a long time, they used to say the conspiracies were nothing but the material of the crazy. People who didn't live in the same reality as the rest of us. Well, after a decade plus of doing podcasting and speaking to literally hundreds and hundreds of people within the paranormal, UFO, conspiracy, exopolitics, you name it, I've had them on the show, folks. Big names, even in the entertainment business. And I've gotten to know some of these folks uh, pretty well. Uh, Of course, a lot of you uh, might remember that I uh, also was the lead-in host to Skywatchers Radio, which ran on Art Bell's network, um, Dark Matter Digital Network. And I produced and co-hosted Bill and Nancy Burns' Future Theater for a couple years, uh, which also ran as a lead-in show one night a week on our Bells Network. And speaking to all these people, including this show or those shows, I've got to tell you that a lot of the things I've heard over the years that were being discounted by a lot of folks, 
is starting to look like reality. The more we get into the uh, end of this year, the more things heat up. People on the streets are continuous, uh, continuously rioting, protesting, and really just, what are the politicians doing? Nothing but trying to scare us and trying to like shut us up into submission. There's been only one person in politics in the last decade who's really like taken the people's back and made it a, a cause to expose the swamp. And folks, yes, that is Donald Trump. If you think I'm kidding, you you really are deluding yourself. If you think that the Democrats or what is left of the Democratic Party has your good in mind, then you're really delusional. These people don't care about you. They even say it to your face. Now you have, uh, you know, people like Joe Biden, who is, as you know, a lot of people know, he's Sleepy Joe, Creepy Joe, Slow Poe Joe. Uh, but this guy has publicly said when he was questioned about do the people have the right to know about, you know, you guys packing the courts. And he publicly said, no, the people don't have the right to know. That's right, folks. He, that's his answer because he has been told to say that. And the people that are running the show behind him who are the real puppet masters, they don't have your good intentions at heart either. They want world domination. This is a big power play. We either continue taking the red pill and continue to wake up from the sleep or we take the blue pill and we fall right back into the matrix that was the Obama years, the Bush years, and the Clinton years. Ronald Reagan interviewed John Wayne, and uh, this is a very bizarre uh, combination and I think to throw in here, but this is decades ago, and the things they were saying is so true today. When you continue the narrative of what they were speaking about, it's amazing to think that we have come such a long way, but yet we're still facing an evil that is now bigger and stronger. And you see that when you see how it has infected celebrities, Hollywood, not that Hollywood was, was ever clean, but remember... Hollywood at one point, if you were connected to communist or socialism in an extreme way, either way, you were pretty much outcast and you were thrown out because they were capitalist and for the most part they represented uh, or tried to represent America. That's completely gone. We've, we've now moved to an environment where it's more hip to hate this country than it is to love this country. And it's not just foreigners that are coming in and laying down the foundation of Sharia law or whatever it is they want to push. It's much, much more than that. We're talking about people that are within our own government, our own country, the kids that are being indoctrinated in schools. I mean, these people 
all share in this sickness. And it's very unfortunate because this is, without a doubt, the worst thing that could happen in this country. Our very youth has been taken over by leftist extremists at the high school and college level where they're teaching Marxism, communism. They're teaching the things that corrupted the Cuban government. When you see symbols like Che Guevara as a symbol of peace, you know something is wrong. Considering if you're Cuban, like myself, you really know something is wrong. And I saw that for years, and like many uh, Cubans like myself, I didn't think too much of it. I just thought that was a phase that people would go through. I didn't realize the indoctrination that was happening for myself until I really got political. And it's really all over the place. It's disgusting to see what is happening to this country, folks. And tonight, I, you know, I'm going to play a couple of clips that I have uh, prepared here that is going to lead into a very interesting interview that I'm going to have tonight with a fascinating human being who is a realist, if there ever was one. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a journey back to 1975. This is before I was born. Back in 1975, there were a crew of loggers out in Snowflake, Arizona. One of them was named Mike Rogers. Another one, his friend and uh, soon-to-be brother-in-law, Travis Walton. As many of you know, their story is legendary in the world of ufology. They made a movie about it called Fire in the Sky, which uh, is one of the reasons why I got into ufology to begin with. After I had my first sighting in California, this was the movie that really inspired me to say, you know what, there's more to this than just what I saw. At first, I, when, when you're a kid, you dismiss that as some kind of weird airplane that you've never seen before. You know, you don't think of aliens per se, but who is to say what I saw wasn't from another world? I can't say that, even though we were in California. And there's been, of course, a lot of that's come out with Area 51 and, and the likes. But Travis and, and Mike and the crew had a hell of an experience when... One night they were logging in Snowflake, Arizona, and they saw from far away what looked like a fire in the middle of the woods. They took it upon themselves to go and investigate further to see what was happening, if there was any survivors or any wreckage that they could try to you know, help people that might have been hurt. And to their amazement, what they found was a hovering UFO, a saucer-looking object, and Travis uh, apparently is kind of uh, was a little bit of the wise guy of the group, and he jumped out of the truck, ran towards the thing to get a, a better look. As the other guys are urging him not to do that, uh, he, he jumped out and he went ahead and ran right towards the thing. Got himself hurt, uh, fell backwards, uh, you know, landed all kinds of weird, and uh, he next remembers waking up in a room, seeing beings 
that look like your more or less typical greys that we, we see in media a lot, and also some humanoid beings. The story that he put in his uh, book, which was illustrated, by the way, the art on it was done by Mike Rogers, and um, the story itself in the book differs from the movie. More or less, they spice the movie up a little bit too much because, honestly, when you read the content of the book and what actually took place, it's a hell of a lot better of a story. It uh, it reads really as an amazing story, and not to say the movie's bad. It's actually a, a really, really well put together uh, piece of uh, of, of cinematic uh, genius. Uh, when you think about you know the the way they had to capture all of this event and uh they have to kind of like weave in and out you know characters and as a cinematic person myself and a person who enjoys cinema and, and an aspiring director i could take uh, the film and see it for what it was and it was a very good movie uh but the content of the book is uh, so much better and if you can adapt something that really happened i would have liked them to have stuck to something really like it happened so I was uh, when I found out that you know that they did that, I was already kind of bummed about it. But uh, hopefully one day we'll see a true uh, adaptation of that book because the true events are much, much, much richer and better when you see it in content, uh, and, and especially given what these folks went through. Uh, we're talking about these guys took probably like a dozen lie detector tests at this point by now. Uh, they all went through rigorous uh, investigations. The FBI were involved, federal agents uh, from local to, uh, again, the FBI. Uh, a lot of uh, people were involved that uh, over the years they, they tried to debunk them, and nobody has been able really to debunk this story. This is the one story in ufology that really stands out as the hardest uh, to debunk when it comes to abduction. And I wouldn't even say that Travis was abducted. I think, and over the years, I really uh, got to uh, this realization that what happened to Travis was he wasn't so much abducted as he was taken to be fixed because they probably did something a little bit wrong and uh, they noticed uh, that it happened by accident and they didn't want to leave him there to die. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that's what happened. Because I don't want to think that everybody who gets abducted gets taken by evil entities. And it's all negative. But the story is fascinating. Uh, the movie is called Fire in the Sky. The book is the Travis Walton Experience. And we're going to cover that a little bit. I, you know, I, I've always wanted to have uh, multiple members of the crew on the show. I've, uh, you know, been very... Uh, blessed to have Travis on uh, several times. I had also Steve Pierce on who was part of the crew. And tonight, Mike Heston Rogers will make his first journey into the Jackal's Head. And uh, it's going to be a, a really good show, guys. I'd say that because I already had a show with him on his show, which airs on KGRA Radio. And I guess that's what the R stands for, KGRA. And uh, Race Hobbs, uh, the producer for his show, uh, did a fantastic job producing the podcast. And uh, great, uh, great episode. Mike is a fantastic host. If you guys have not heard him, go to their network and check out the show live. 
or not live uh, when they air it and uh make sure you you know bookmark it it's a really really uh excellent show and we're going to talk about the case you know you you can't you you cannot have a person like this on your show and not bring it up uh but he has also uh done like i said illustrations artwork and uh hopefully he sends um, the the artwork he said is on the semi tonight to the correct email. I think he might have mistyped something or something, but um, either way, uh, it would get to me uh, shortly, I'm sure. But um, he's a very uh, fascinating person. He's a, a realist uh, at all sense of the word, and uh, we're going to see exactly what that means by his point of view. Uh, until we get to him, which is going to be in the uh, next uh, 30, no, actually the next probably like 15, 20 minute mark around there. Uh, we're going to get to break and we're going to bring him on. Uh, until we get to that, though, I do have a couple other things in the news that I wanted to get to from the Wall of Weird. Now, you heard there in the opening uh, part of the show, Joe Biden's memory isn't a very uh, good, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, another person who has been in the news recently... Uh, who became unhinged, as you know, is Nancy Pelosi, who pretty much uh, stated that she didn't want to give President Trump a stimulus package because it would have his name attached to the checks. Now, folks, if you ask me, that's keeping money from people who need the money, uh, people who are desperate right now and are going hungry while she's eating how many thousands of of dollars worth of uh, chocolate ice cream? And uh, here people are literally in their, uh, you know, skinnies, uh, trying to just uh, make it by, and uh, and try to literally bake bread because they they can't buy bread, so they have to make it at home somehow. And you know, we're some people are, are not that far away from eating dirt cookies, like they do in Haiti. Uh, and she is playing politics with your money. Literally. We're at a time that most people like myself can't find work because um, our kind of work is not around at the moment. And that's uh, sad for us, but it's politics for her. And, you know, she has the nerve to say, oh, it's not about politics. It's not about the president. Those are her words, folks. But then at the same time, she says, I don't want to give him the satisfaction of having his name on the check. The stimulus checks. Now, they've been sitting on this for months. We should have gotten three by now. We got one. Now, why do I say we should have gotten three? Because the last time they passed the stimulus check, there's been $500 billion sitting on the reserve, and that's been sitting there to go out to the public, and she has not allowed it to go. Remember, there's channels you have to go through. And when it comes to giving out stimulus money, the president has to go through the channels of the Speaker of the House. She has to sign off on it, or whoever the Speaker is at the time. And that's part of the problem here. She is refusing to budge because she is playing politics with your money. This is a double speak. They say they're not doing it, but they actually are doing it. And it's funny because I I like to watch a lot of people and just uh, observe the way they view the world. And I, I I laugh every time somebody, you know, defends what she does against Trump. 
and these are people that are in need of money themselves and they're just so hate filled with rage that is manufactured that they are completely incompetent enough to understand that the person who is leading the parade against the president is Nancy Pelosi. That's why she was appointed Speaker of the House. She is 80 years old. She's on her last leg. She's a complete sellout to the extreme left. She doesn't care about human lives. She knows she's going to be dead soon, so she doesn't care about you or me or anybody else. She cares about power, money, and keeping herself alive as long as possible. When you're 80, you know you're probably knocking on heaven's door in the next maybe 10 years, 20, if that long. With the way she's looking these days, I say maybe another five. She's not looking very good. Not that she ever did, but, you know, that's another story. But the honest truth here is that she is playing with not only the lives of the people that are the most needy right now, but she is openly lying to everybody when she says she's not playing politics and it's not about the president. Considering the very next thing she would say is, but I don't want to give him the satisfaction of having a signature on the checks, the stimulus checks, those $1,200 checks. Folks, that is playing politics. That is everything in reverse to what she said. Don't be fooled by the rhetoric. She is playing politics with your money. And I'm going to play a clip here. This is uh, President Trump talking about the stimulus checks. And uh, this is a really good audio. You guys, please pay attention. Listen to this. This is just amazing. doing very well. I guess the poll numbers are looking very, very good in many of the states. And once people hear what we've done and it's all clarified, I think they have to go with us. Uh, we're in a great state right now and we look forward to doing something that's going to be exciting. The crowd is very big. All of the crowds have been incredible and they've been incredible size too. I don't think there's... Uh, Anybody that's covered that properly, because the kind of uh, size that we have, I don't think has ever been done before. And the enthusiasm that we have, I don't think anybody's ever had more enthusiasm. So it's a real honor. We will see you in a little while. I assume you're all going, and we'll see you over in Carson City. Yeah, we're talking about it. I think Nancy Pelosi, maybe he's coming along. We'll find out. We want to do it. I want to do it at a bigger number than she wants. That doesn't mean all the Republicans agree with me, but I think they will in the end. If she would go along, I think they would, too, on stimulus. So uh, let's see what happens. Thank you very much. See you over there. Yeah, Joe Biden um, doesn't really get that kind of pop from, uh, from a crowd. 
Uh, does anybody even show up when he goes anywhere? I mean, I've seen him get trolled a few times, but that's about it. Uh, but there you go. Finally, uh, it looks, he said, like Nancy Pelosi might be coming around. Uh, but right there, he's pointing it back out. It's Nancy Pelosi who needs to come around. Uh, it's funny because, you know, they want to blame him for everything. But if you look at what's been going on for the last uh, year, uh, everything even including the uh, Kung Flu, uh, we've had nothing but left agendas being shoved down our throats. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was trying to impeach the president while he was trying to disclose that we had a virus on the way to America, and he shut down flights in and out of China, and uh, then he immediately, uh, following that, closed flights from Europe. All the while, they were calling him a xenophobe, uh, Islamophobe, uh, racist, and, uh, and trying to impeach him. Uh, and by the way, the other, the earlier three things they were calling him was because he was closing down the flight in and from, and they said he was fear-mongering because he was trying to scare people with the virus which is manufactured. This is all said by the people that are now saying he didn't act fast enough, okay? Uh, I've been following this since November of last year, and that's when uh, the first uh, droplets of this information started coming to America because that's when the Harvard University teacher plus the uh, students were all Chinese of birth were all arrested and were deported um, into custody. Not to China, but they were deported into custody. Uh, custody, And uh, let's just say that they got a lot of information from them within the next following weeks. That was at the end of November, so December. They started getting the information really to the point where the president was being briefed on it, you know, and everything that they had, you know, gotten into from these folks. And uh, then, of course, January, we're facing the impeachment hoax. So do the timeline. He had very little time to prepare for one thing to another to another, plus he's running the country. He is preparing for an, an upcoming election. He's fighting the evil Democratic Party. He's fighting the media. I mean, this man has been put through the ringer, folks. And he's dodged more bullets than Neo in the Matrix, okay? Uh, he is Neo, okay? Let's put it that way. And, uh, he's, and, and Nancy Pelosi is Agent Smith at this point. And uh, they've been battling it out because she is determined to destroy him and return everybody back to the Matrix so they can continue to put you all back to sleep. And this man is trying to wake the world up to the real reality of what's happening. You know, I shared a little information with Kate earlier. It was a great show on PSN Radio around the campfire. And I told her about what Hollywood does when it comes to uh, the rejuvenation uh, techniques these days where they're harvesting uh, baby body parts and they're harvesting the uh, circumcision uh, foreskin and they're using that for rejuvenating their skin on their face instead of a Botox or a facelift. Sandra Bullock openly talked about this a couple of years ago. Look her up on YouTube and you'll see that I'm not playing. Plan- look, Planned Parenthood, the left, they're all in on it. Yes, uh, you know, this is why Trump was asked uh, here, if you if you watched uh, the town hall 
uh, for them to denounce that there's uh, human uh, trafficking going on. No, they're in on this thing, folks. The the left is completely in, you know accomplice to this, and uh, this is how they're getting these uh, foreskins and adrenochrome and all these uh, things that are now becoming uh, reality, and we're seeing that this is really happening. This is what's been going on to the harvesting of the poor people in the Fulon Gong over in China. My friends, we're living in a matrix, and this is reality. And the reality is that things are getting scarier by the day, and there's only one person right now that is not a career politician who has seen the people behind the scenes because of his business and uh, his business past and who he's had to deal with, and that is Donald Trump. And again, if you don't vote for Trump, man, you better hope that you're right and that things go you know, good for the rest of our lives because if they don't, uh, I don't care who you are, just remember this. When it comes to socialism and communism, it doesn't matter how uh, you know well-known you are. You're going to lose all your assets and money because when you spread the wealth, rich and powerful, they are into this uh, nonsense, that means spreading your money also. That means there is a government that controls everything. So unless you're uh, you know, Vice President Jennifer Lopez, you're going to have nothing. And uh, you're going to take it from you. They're going to tax you like crazy. Joe Biden already spoke about raising taxes. That's well known. He won't admit to certain things because he's told not to. He won't condemn what really is happening in the streets because he is told not to. This week we also had the allegations that came out of his son, Hunter Biden, who has uh, well been a very naughty boy. And uh, there's a whole other story there, which I'm going to cover more extensively on the show as it, it starts to really unravel. And uh, it's dealing with the uh, hard drive and a computer that was left at a repair shop. And they found all kinds of goodies which are being exposed now. And uh, this might be the October surprise that President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and others promised was coming. And if it's 100% legit, which is looking like it is, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the rest of the communist socialist left have a lot to answer for, folks. And uh, we're going to get into a whole lot of stuff tonight. That I'm sure is going to come up. I'm going to, you know, I, I love talking to my guests about politics, but I want to make sure that tonight Mike Heston Rogers gets uh, the best treatment possible. So I want to make sure that, you know, we cover, of course, the fire in the sky, Travis Walton experience with him, and uh, we we get to his point of view on that. But you know, we also want to get to a lot of other things, and uh, including. His work as a uh, illustrator, and uh, a lot of other things which I've become aware of over the last few days as I've gotten to know the man a little bit better, and uh, just a fascinating person. So I'm going to go on break in a second here, and I want to wish everybody uh, to please stick around. I'm going to hope that you guys uh, don't uh, lose interest here. I'm going to go off a couple minutes to get everything set up with Mike, and uh, stick around. It's going to be a really fun uh, hour with him on Inside the Jackal's Head. 
And I'm going to leave you here with a couple minutes from Jesse Waters talking about President Trump and how he is on course, folks, for re-election. And Jesse Waters is on Fox. I know, Fox. I, I get it. I understand. But believe me, if you have to go through Fox or CNN, the ones who have been on the money has been Fox. That's why they're killing everybody in the ratings right now. It's for a reason, folks. Listen to this. We'll be back on Inside the Jackal Tide is turning. That's the subject of tonight's Waters words. This was the week that changed the race. President Trump is on course for re-election just if he can maintain this momentum. A confluence of events has reshaped the campaign. A very similar series of events occurred mid-October 2016. Remember what started it? It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. (laughs) That line won the night for Donald Trump. That combined with his response to the Access Hollywood tape. Remember, he invited all of Bill Clinton's alleged mistresses and sexual assault victims to the debate and held a press conference. He doubled down and it paid off. Remember around this time, James O'Keefe releases a series of undercover videos showing Democrats admitting to committing voter fraud. The media suppressed it. WikiLeaks released emails showing that Hillary was a fraud. It revealed Hillary took a public and a private position on the same issue, and the media suppressed it. Obamacare premiums started spiking all across the country, especially in key battleground states like Arizona. And Clinton's State Department emails, yeah, they were found on Anthony Weiner's laptop, a sex offender. And the FBI sat on this for a month until they were forced to announce it again the agency making bad decisions and interfering in political campaigns. Trump outworked Hillary to the very end, doing rally after rally while Clinton coasted. He capitalized on these events, seized the moment, and he won. And four years later, here we are again. The same dynamic is happening. A confluence of events is redirecting the campaign in Trump's favor, and he's taking advantage of it. Number one. Trump recovered from the coronavirus and barreled back onto the campaign trail. Now, let's be honest. Trump got knocked out of commission for a week. He lost ground because he couldn't travel. But he stormed back and looks better than ever. And the crowds are huge. He's connecting. And he's doing what he does best. And the pandemic fear has been dampened. Number two, Pence crushed Harris in the VP debate. His performance steadied the ship while Trump was out of action and fired up the base. He put on such a beatdown that the debate commission at 7.30 the next morning dropped the bomb that the second presidential debate would be virtual. And they did that to take the wind out of Pence's sails and prop up Biden. Because Biden got mauled face to face, and it's easier for Joe to cheat from his basement. And the moderator for that second debate, Steve Scully, he got caught colluding with the mooch, and then he lied he was hacked. And now he's suspended by C-SPAN. And Trump was right. The fix was in. Instead, Trump did a town hall with NBC and put on a very good performance, despite the bias. And when they try to rig it, they always get caught, don't they? And it backfires. And Trump steps up. Number three, 
Amy Coney Barrett sailed through the hearings. Nobody laid a glove on her. It was a flawless performance by her. Lindsey Graham and, so far, Mitch McConnell. Barrett was so bright and smooth that now Americans won her confirmed by a wide margin. This reminds voters about the stakes in the election and the importance of the court. Trump picked a brilliant woman with perfect temperament. Now, on the other hand, Biden shot himself in the foot, refusing for weeks to say whether he'd pack the court. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, where they he's don't. Saying? I'm not going to play his game. And when it came to a big decision, Joe Biden froze. That's not what leadership looks like. Number four, the Biden family got rocked by a major scandal and the big tech companies suppressed it. This was a double whammy. Emails show Hunter Biden was selling access to his dad and Biden was pushing policies for family profit. Joe Biden lied about not knowing what his son was up to. His son introduced him to a Burisma executive. Burisma lobbied the Obama-Biden White House to fire the prosecutor investigating them for corruption, and Biden fired the prosecutor. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, nah. I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what, six hours. I looked. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. Emails Ferguson, also show and Chinese I want to talk money. to you for a second about the presidential election that's going on. You've seen just how crazy things have gotten in Washington lately. Democrats are trying to impeach the president virtually every week. They're trying to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. And they're also trying to make sure that your tax dollars are going to support extremist abortion views from Planned Parenthood and even governors like Governor Northam of Virginia that are advocating for infanticide. So I have a question for you. Do you have anyone in Washington that is actually standing up for your values and making sure that your voice is heard? Well, there is a conservative organization that I want you to join for free for one year. It is called AMAC. AMAC is committed to strengthening this country's foundation. We're talking about standing up for the values that you and I believe in. We're talking about faith, family, and freedom. AMAC is fighting for the sanctity of our Constitution. It's online at benfreeonline.com. You can also call them. You have to use my name, Ben, to get the one-year free membership. The 800 number, 1-888-466-9583. That's 1-888-466-9583. Or online at benfreeonline.com. That's benfreeonline.com. Join AMAC today. You'll get their newest magazine. And you'll have your voice be heard in Washington on important issues every single week. BenFreeOnline.com or call them and get your membership. You have to use the promo code Ben, 1-888-466-95. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, 
Military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets. Alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam. UFOs controlling our ICBM bases. Dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War. And more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime. What They Didn't Want You to Know by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. All right, folks, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head right here live on psn-radio.com. Again, of course, SoFlo Radio and Global Enlightenment Radio Network. And uh, this is the uh, the moment of the hour, as I like to call it here, the time that reflects on realism. And with me tonight is a realist. And uh, on the network, as you know, our motto is, this is Realism Radio for the Masses. My name is Spud Goodman. And and the one and only Mr. Mike Heston Rogers, who I talked about earlier, is finally with me. And it's my honor to bring you onto my show. Thank you so much for spending uh, an hour here with me on Inside the Jackal Center. Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) And you're sounding fantastic tonight. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Now, I really am. I always do. <laughs> you, you know, you and I have talked off the air uh, for a, a bit this weekend. We've got to know a little bit of each other, and uh, you know, when uh, I first started podcasting, it's been twelve years now, Mike. Uh, the initial program that I always wanted to do was with Travis, yourself, and a couple of other members of the crew, and you know, I always envisioned having uh, you know that story. Uh, told on my show, and I've been blessed, like I said earlier, to have Travis, uh, Steve, and uh, now yourself on the show here, and uh, it, you know, getting to know you this week, you're definitely not only a, a, an amazing figure because of the bravery all you guys showed by sticking, you know, to your guns all these years after you've had all this backlash and all these naysayers, uh, but you know, you're uh, quite an interesting individual yourself with a wealth of knowledge and information, which I was shocked to find out. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give Odin a big shout-out because he clued me to something that I had no clue on. But you're a hell of an illustrator yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> uh, you know, as a realist, I uh, I don't have a, I don't say anything about myself too much, you know. I'll brag about some things, uh, but I'm going to tell you they're bragging because uh, a realist means you're unbiased, okay? It means you just look at everything straight out, uh, no no bias, no preconception, and uh, and I and that's what I am. Uh, so as such, you're not supposed to. I mean, 
you're not. If you're actual, actually a real realist, an actual unbiased person, uh, you're not going to brag on yourself. <laughs> and when you do, uh, you better say so. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, I'll probably get into a little bit of bragging here, but I just want everybody to know that it, it's, I know it's a brag. It's just that sometimes you have to do that, especially if you're asked a direct question. Uh, <laughs> 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 or, or, or a statement about you is made in that regard. No, it's not bragging. You know, it, it, it is what it is. And that's something that I found really interesting that we share alike because I've been hit with that. Oh, you're too much about facts. You're too realistic. And it's funny that our motto on the network is realism, radio for the masses and if you if you think i'm playing guys you can go to psn-radio.com right now hit the player it literally says that as our model when the tune-in is playing that's been our model for nearly a decade and uh it's always uh you know interesting to me when i meet people that are of the same mind when it comes to like the world in the point of view that we see the world in and you and i share a lot of connections which now knowing you just for the last week boggles my mind because we all we both are fond of martial arts for example uh we're, we're both into art when it comes to like illustration and doing work on the you know like paint i use photoshop you know i'm uh, a little bit younger also so i understand uh and you know there's uh, certain things that uh, you know we have in common when it comes to movies and and things like that which uh, is always fun to find out that people that you've looked up to for a couple of decades or more are people that are, are a lot like you in a lot of sense. So, I mean, that's always been really, really cool for me. And uh, it's something that it really just, it's happened a couple of times. And I'm sure as a realist, you've actually encountered that yourself, especially since you do a good show yourself. And thank you for having me on your show, by the way. Oh, yeah, you bet, Angel. Uh, I really enjoyed that show. And uh, my shows, I make certain one way or another that they get better every week. And so now I'm kind of like pushing it. And uh, next week, I'm going to have my boss, you know, Race Hobbs, as my guest, even though he's the one that produces my show. So that's going to be a very interesting show. And, and he's a uh, he's he's a real person. Okay, he's a real thinker. I actually have called him my mentor. Uh, I don't think he likes that too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like is his voice, and uh, and he's into radio, and I've been into radio since I was nine. <laughs> I told that story on my on my show with you. Uh, yeah. You want me to tell that right now? <laughs> yeah. Remember, this is a different network, different audience. So yeah, please yeah, share. Yeah. Well, when I was nine years old, I was living in Winslow, Arizona. And my dad was, uh, he'd been in the South Pacific. He was a radio man in the South Pacific, but he was at Imo, Iwo Jima and, oh, gosh, Guam. All those, all those places, five or six different skirmishes. Guam, just like Art Bell. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, first thing he ever taught me was Morse code, okay? And believe it or not, you can talk as fast with Morse code as you can speak. I mean, it's... Uh, because the de dots and dashes create a song, and and pretty soon you build, Correct. you know, so you build a phrase or a word with a song, you know, a song. And so there's radio men; they don't they don't hear the dots and dashes; they hear the song, and that's why they can they can talk as fast as they do. Because when they they don't even when they're typing it in on the on the keyboard or that little ticker, you know, 
Yeah. They do it. Uh, they're listening to the song. They're making the song. They're not paying attention to their to their wording, you know. Right. I mean, they are initially, but that's that's how they do it, and that's how they receive it. It's a song, and the song all blend together. It's kind of like the English language couldn't possibly be understood. I mean, it's just way too complicated, except that we can understand it by the base, basis on the way we say it. And that right. makes for a lot of misunderstanding, too, because you think somebody said something because it sounded like that was a song that the word was, right? <laughs> you know, and let me piggyback and stop right there, because when you think about it, the English language is you know, almost becoming a universal language here on Earth where more and more countries are adapting it. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, we, we perceive that to be a universal language, but we all have different dialects, different forms of speaking. And uh, just imagine with with your history and what you guys went through, the amounts of different languages that might be in the cosmos and uh, the dialects and differences of speak that yep. is out there. Oh, I run into that all the time. Uh, I have friends from all over the world, you know. Yeah, lots of them, actually. <laughs> I, I don't have quite that 5,000 limit, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm up around uh, 1,332, I think, right now. <laughs> but uh, so you, a lot you're, of those you're, people... You're, that's, that's pretty good. That's not bad on, on Facebook. That's that's not too bad. Well, I'm picky, okay? I'm picky. <laughs> I could have gone to 5,000 you know, half a year ago or so. <laughs> but I, I, only, I only choose the ones that are feel right, you know. And one thing I don't like is people who don't put their face, you know, on it as their profile picture because it's Facebook. (laughs) Exactly. I have uh, accepted a few of those. I have accepted a few, but I want to, you know, it's Facebook. Give me a face. Not not only that, I mean, if you're, if you got nothing to hide, you know, why are you hiding behind a picture or a wall? You know, for example, like, you know, people ask me, what's your, uh, your website for your show? And they're expecting a complicated answer. And I'm like, you know, my name. Yeah. Dot com. That's it. AngelEspino.com. Very easy, very simple. Kind of rules off the tongue. AngelEspino.com. By the way, I, I advertised this show right here. Uh, it was only what, two and a half hours ago, but I typed up a thing real quick. I put it on my page. I put it on several other pages, and that's what I put cool. on there. I just put, you know, your your uh, <laughs> your name and uh, the name of the, your network or whatever you call it, yeah. <laughs> PSN Radio, and uh, that's it. And, I mean, I got like 30 hits. I hadn't even barely posted it. Bang, 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 you know. And, nice. And people saying, say, people saying, Okay, where is this? I, I type back. I just said it. It's just that simple, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I've been doing this for twelve years, and I always get that. And uh, we had a, a convention uh, for MUFON in twenty sixteen, and I was uh, kind of bummed out when I got there. I was like, "Yeah, nobody's going to recognize us. You know, we, what, what are we doing here?" And uh, my co-host at the time, Alan was like, oh, it's going to be fun, man. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, and I was having a bad year. My mother had passed away earlier on that year, Mike. And, uh, it, you know, it was kind of like a bad year for me. So I wasn't sure about going out there. But I think what my morale really picked up because as we sat there in our booth and I was expecting nobody to, like, recognize us, people were, were literally walking by and saying, hey, you're the guys that are on before art, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we've heard your show. It's really good. And I'm like, oh. Well, thank you. And yeah. that it blew my mind. It happened several times and to the point where 
halfway through the first day uh, at the convention, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, but it's weird because you always get, you know, people who've never heard you, people who have heard you. So you never really know when you do a show like ours who you reach, who you touch, and who really understands, you know, what you're talking about yeah. when it comes to the spectrum of life and yeah. everything we cover, you know? Yeah, but all you can do is look at the ratings, you know, <laughs> see how many people listen yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't know except through feedback. I, I get a, a matter of fact, I get so much feedback on my show. I literally do not have time to answer people. I try, I try, but gosh, you know, hundreds it, a day. I mean, I, I can't, I can't answer that stuff. <laughs> no, you know, it's not. You, don't, you don't have enough time. In, you don't have enough time in the week sometimes. Oh I'm heavens, sure. no! <laughs> uh, you know, when I when I first started this show, uh, there the very, not even the whole first day. The few hours of the first day, I got over 30,000 friend requests. I totally believe that. <laughs> well, actually, I got about, uh, I got about I 30. Even, I couldn't even begin. I couldn't even begin. I, when I first started my show, I got about maybe 30 in a week. And I'm talking about 30 listeners. Oh. That was 12 years ago, though. That was a while back. Well, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that I was known so so well all over the world, you know, uh, because they came from everywhere—Russia, China, you name it. I mean, Australia, South America. I mean, from everywhere. Countries I don't even recognize what they are. Just these strange countries that must be in the South Pacific, you know, island countries, uh, countries in Africa. They're just—I don't even. I don't even recognize them. I, 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 could, I tried to find some of them on the map, on the globe. I couldn't find them. Isn't that something? That happened to me once. I had a gentleman calling from the Netherlands, a complete Dutch accent. And this is years and years ago. And uh, his uh, code name on the internet is Cyanide. Shout-outs to him. He's still, uh, yeah, he's a really, really cool dude. And, uh, and that's he was, one of the ones I rejected, you know that? Uh, re- no, well, I don't know if it's the same guy. There's, uh, I'm sure a couple guys he might use that nickname. But uh, this uh, dude, it turned out he was a fan of the show, and he finally got the courage one day to call in. I had a, a really interesting Dutch accent, but... Really, really good guy. I'm talking about he became a real good friend over the years. And, I, you know, normally I don't interact uh, that much with uh, audiences anymore because, I, you know, there's people that want good for you but don't want to good for you. And I understand the, the, you know, dynamics of the way this works now. So I try to limit and I try to, like, you know, pick and choose what I think might be of best interest, for example, uh, which is hard to do so I don't get too picky. Uh, but I, I tell you what, over the years, Cyanide has been a really good friend, and a uh, big shout out to him. I'm sure he's listening. Well, right I, I remember, I remember the Dutch guy, uh, Cyanide, and I rejected it. I mean, I just, I didn't reject it. I just let it go past. You know, was this? Uh, uh, really you know why? Marco. Because because of the name Cyanide. You know, I have to, I have to pick friends on the basis of what they give me. If I see. They give me a picture, he... or if they give me a strange name. Uh, those are the ones I just let go. 
And now, I don't know. If, I, I, I don't know if this is the same person or not. Honestly, I did, we didn't script this, so this is just uh, something that just came up. Uh, but I'm going to ask him if, this, if, you're, if he's the same one that uh, you know reached out to him because that'd be funny. If it is, I can tell you. I mean, he's, he's a really good dude, and he's uh, just a well, fan of talk radio. And tell all him this if stuff. Uh, if he changes the name so I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually uh, reject a lot of these things because they they have a, a skull for a face. So they have a face, but it's a skull, you know. And I deplore skulls because I'm a realist. You know, skulls yeah. represent death. Correct. And even though I'm not afraid of dying, I'm not about to, you know, because when somebody has a skull as their representation, that means they're crazy, they're evil, something, you know. And I understand, you know, a lot of these like bikers, they use skulls on stuff and everything. I don't think they really understand what they're showing people because that's a symbol of death. And, and, yeah, know, they're, they're, he doesn't have a skull. They're tough, right? He doesn't have a skull on it as a logo. I'll tell you that much. I don't think it's the same dude. Oh, no, but, no, I know yeah. that. It's just the name cyanide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from, which always, you know, I, it, it always was uh, amusing to see, like, uh, Dan Aykroyd with the, uh, you know, skull uh, vodka and uh, people that put so much interest in the the skull, uh, you know, crystal skulls and all that stuff. Uh, it, all that stuff is symbols of, of darkness and death and evil. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. It, and I, and I just don't believe in that. evil. I mean, evil is it comes from religion, you know. The word evil uh, shouldn't even be in the dictionary because evil means something other. You know, I equate things as either being stupid or smart you know evil is something that doesn't equate uh so you know on that basis alone <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'm not religious but because i'm a i'm a, a realist what i am is an agnostic uh, mm, same here. i, I yeah. uh, a lot of things in my life are that way I, I won't make up my mind, just like politics, like you, Angel. I won't make up my mind because there just isn't enough information to, to base on. And besides, yep. um, if if you're an actual realist, you're not going to be either party. You're going to be in the middle, maybe. But the trouble with voting for the middle party is that, you know, that takes the vote away from one side or the other. <laughs> That's where you got to get a little picky and choosing. You got to be like, well, it's yeah. you know, the less of the two evils. Who is at least looking like they're playing ball in the uh, in the camp that I could kind of like see a little bit more light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, because when you look at some of these people, and, and you know, considering the past uh, Democratic nomination uh, that we had, the DNC, I mean, there was not one good candidate in the entire thing, uh, to the point that uh, Joe Biden is their their nominee. Uh, this guy can't string two sentences together. Without making complete, you know, a uh, complete fool out, out of himself, uh, he can't uh, coherently uh, give any policies out, or he has no policy really. I mean, he's talked about nothing for the last year other than doing the same things that Trump has been doing already, which is kind of funny. They called him out on, it and they say, "Well, you have a history of plagiarism there, Joe." So, you know, I guess you're doing it again. <laughs> well, sure Trump enough, he's definitely know? smarter. They're both yeah. egotistical. <laughs> oh, definitely. Both yeah. Egotistical asses, yeah. But uh, yeah. I think Trump is probably the better of the two evils, you know, the, the least of the two evils, however you want to put it. 
But, well, uh, we we talked about that earlier. I mean, off air when you know when you run for politics, yeah. you have to have an ego. You have yes, to. That's right. Well, if we not, talked you're not about that win. on my show uh, yeah. here last night. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that's very true. Uh, George Washington, our first president, was the most egotistical ass you could imagine. Uh, he didn't want his his soldiers, his men, touching him. No, he was too good for that. See. <laughs> At least President Trump and even you know, Obama shook hands with people, you know. Yeah. Well, Trump, George Trump didn't, didn't want to didn't want to have his men touch him. Yeah, well, Trump now is saying that he's always been kind of a germaphobe, so he doesn't like people touching him either. So there you go. Oh, he's well, a little bit like George well, Washington. Hell yeah, yeah, right now, especially <laughs> with this uh, communist virus running around, <laughs> overhyped by the socialist back media yeah yeah we call it the kung flu on this show by the way the, the kung, kung flu, flu. <laughs> <laughs> you know truth is i don't watch tv you know you're, you're talking about uh you know, what biden did or the debates and stuff i don't even i am so middle of the road i won't i won't even watch those i don't even watch tv i won't because uh there's nothing on tv i can believe uh once in a while i might watch uh Fox on my phone, you know. <laughs> as far as the TV is concerned, I don't even have yep. it connected to the, anything TV. I have like a library yeah. of 700 movies, all the, all the latest good stuff. There's a lot yep. of crap out there, but you know, all the latest good stuff. Uh, one I really like recently is Ad Astra. <laughs> you know? That was a good movie. Yeah, that was yeah, a good movie. Yeah. Yep. It, I, of course, I picked out some mistakes right off the bat. They have on the moon, right? They're riding in these mm-hmm. moon buggies across the surface of the moon, trying to get quick to the backside of the moon. And and and, and you learn earlier that uh, it's it's a full moon, so the backside is going to be real sharp and dark, right? And of course, a full moon means that the sun is behind the Earth, right, shining on the moon. That's that's why you get a full moon. Well, right there, right in the bug, this colonel says, "Hey, uh, <laughs> look at that!" And he looks over there. And there's there's the Earth in all its living color, right? And he says, "Look at that." He says, <laughs> "That a huge mistake, a huge mistake. The moon, I mean, this, the Earth would be completely dark, you know." <laughs> this is uh, again, people they don't understand uh, the actual science. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Tenet. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's by Christopher Nolan. And, uh, you know, he would completely laugh at that mistake because he's uh, another, like you and I, a uh, you know, he's a master at realism. And he, in his movies, yeah. he, he purposely makes them with the, the most realistic angles when it comes to science and what can be And done. that's the kind of thing I really enjoy. If uh, you haven't seen Tenet, check this out. It's yeah. about time reversal and it's about uh, how they were able to... to capture um, a, a portal that leads to a mirror universe where time works in reverse to our own Well, that's Earth. probably why I haven't had looked at it yet, because time doesn't exist. There's no such things as portals. There's no such thing as going forward or backward in time. I am such a realist, and I learned this a long time. In fact, uh, based on Einstein, Einstein says time does not exist. And he's right. No, no, yeah, you're, you're right, but here's, here's the kicker, and I, I am actually on point with you on this. It's not that there's like us on the other side and we're walking backwards. 
the way the particles run backwards is what gives it the effect that time is running backwards uh, to they can manipulate it. Now, here's where I, the kicker on it. It's not that it's a time travel movie. They are able to manipulate the particles to be able to, to put time in reversal so they can see things, you know, in a yeah, but before see, it that's happens. Just, that's just a trick. But you here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. NASA, which I know never a straight answer, uh, recently, after the movie has already been canned for, for a while in the bag, uh, they released that they actually found particles that travel in reverse. And they did a whole thing online where they posted about it where it's similar to what he said in the movie, which always uh, you know leads to how much do these directors are told, how much do they know, how much is fiction, fan fiction, how much you know is you know reality playing off uh, you know of uh, art or art playing off of reality. Uh, he also in the movie Interstellar uh, had an image of what a black hole would look like a year before NASA released their image of the first image ever of an actual black hole taken by NASA, supposedly. And they matched almost identical. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, that's what I was trying to get at. It's it's amazing how some directors have kind of like that little niche about them. Well, yeah, but see, that's the problem. They never really actually do. You see, talking about particles moving in reverse, I already knew about that. Right. Galaxies move in reverse. Correct. They don't change time. They don't change right. anything. They're just moving in reverse because in actuality, all there is is two things, two simple things. Actually, one. <laughs> one is just matter, which we can't find. <laughs> we can't find it. The other thing is the motion of those of those particles. <laughs> you know, universe, uh, you know, anything in the universe, everything. Uh, it's just particles. And those things are in motion. And that's, that's where we get time. Uh, that's where we get this essence or concept of time, uh, because the the hands of a clock, they can make them to where they sync with the Earth rotation, and now right. they have atomic clocks that are a little better. But it's all the same thing. All we're doing is me- measuring motion. That's it. Correct. Yeah. No, I, I've I've almost uh, word for word I've described time as that. It's a measurement of uh, decay, measurement of the motion of the world of the planet. You know why we. Uh, day and night, but time itself is an illusion. It's man-made. There is no such thing as time. And That's people right. like to argue with, oh, well, if you travel at the speed of light, time slows down. Uh, <laughs> no, you're just going faster than motion could carry you at a, at a, a top speed, uh, yeah. which you're traveling close to light. And what happens is matter can't travel like light. So what happens is you become light itself. In other words, you evaporate into nothingness. Yeah, well, uh, uh, people misunderstood Einstein, you know, about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said that spe- uh, the speed of light was the fastest thing, okay? Now, he later on said, yeah, well, that basically works in our, you know, concept of things. But in right. reality, there's no there's no speed limit on, on anything. Uh, you could go yeah. faster, you know. But, but so he had these formulas, you know, about how... If, if you did go at the speed of light, you, you would uh, uh, change. You would become compressed until finally, at the speed of light, you would have no forward uh, mass, you know, no forward Correct. existence, right? Yep. Uh, and the thing of it is, is that all that's just mathematical. Right. And sure, yeah. they figured out atomic power <laughs> with mathematics, and it worked. I mean, you know, 
But that doesn't mean that everything you put down on paper as, as a formula or whatever is going to work uh, because everything is still a theory. Everything is still trial and error. That In is fact, correct. atomic atomic power is still considered a theory. Yeah. Even though we've blown the hell out of everything. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, Hiroshima. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the Japanese certainly don't don't think it's still a theory, do they? No, no. There, I, there might still be a little bit of anger uh, lurking from that. that <laughs> yeah. Time. There may be. Yeah. Well, they but, deserved you know, it in a way, but not their yeah, people, but, but the government did. Yeah, but they're our friends now. The Japanese, they're good. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, except yeah. that uh, uh, for a long time there, I don't know about this still, but for a long time. They're accepting, we're accepting their cars. Oh, yeah, buy this Toyota, whatever, you know. But yeah. you could, if you were in Japan, you know, yeah, I've been there, you you can't buy a car, at least not 20 years ago. <laughs> it, it has a double tariff. If you want to buy a, a Rolls Royce that's like $150,000, it'll cost you $300,000 in Japan because it's an exact double tariff. Yeah, and so yeah. in in that respect, you know, they hate our asses, don't they? <laughs> well, that's failed administrations who allow the kind of thing to yeah, go on. Yeah. That's the I problem, know. and and that's one of the things I love about Trump because he addressed a lot of the, these things, uh, and he and of course you know now you have the more modern world where a lot of uh, digital copyrights and stuff that he has been talking about has been tampered with with just not vehicles but other retail things that have been going on. Where they've been taking literally uh, liberties with licensing and, and selling things at three times the cost and ripping uh, people off by taking the exact same product and rebranding it in their way uh, and you know it completely you know exiting out the people that created the products originally and you know the, these are real things that are happening in the world where the media doesn't cover because shh it's China it's you know mm-hmm. the people that, that are running the show from behind the scenes. Is uh, the folks that really are causing the the issues that the world is facing right now? You know, the left has now demonized Trump, saying, "Well, this uh, this virus was caused by Trump because he didn't tell us early enough." Well, he was warning us in January. He found out about this in late November, early December. There was no deaths in America. There you're was you're little, never going to hear anything on CNN or CNN or any of those things. You know, CBS, NBC. They're all, uh, yeah, they're the, owned by the communists. I, I hear yeah. they are. I hear that they're actually owned by the Red Chinese. Why? Yeah. Because they turned in the favors because the fat cats in Washington, mainly during Bush, Obama, I don't know where, how far back goes. It, it started actually, Wait, I would say, Clinton. Million. It started with Clinton, and it trickled down from the Clinton to the Obamas. Uh, Clinton, yeah, Bush, yeah. Obama's, and remember, even before that, Joe Biden has been in, in uh, Senate or Congress for since yeah. the seventies, and in ninety three he wrote that infamous crime bill, which started the decay in the nineties of the the you know African American households, uh, where he had people in prison for petty crimes, uh, and that was piggybacking off a bill that he co wrote in eighty six, which targeted directly minorities like myself. I'm a Cuban American. And, uh, you know, black Cubans, Hispanic, Latinos, you know, were all targeted by that bill. And that was written in the 80s because, you know, especially here in Florida, we had a big influx from Cuba 
which was at that point a lot of criminals got here because Castro released a lot of criminals in the Mariel boatlift. And that's a fact, and I'm Cuban now, and I'm openly, uh, you know, able to to see that happen. Castro did right. that. Castro I'm did a, that at, yeah. at the hands of, uh, by the way, at the hands of uh, of Carter, Jimmy Carter, who was the president who brokered that deal. That was the the initial agreement. So it really started with with Carter. Reagan got in, and he was like, "What the hell's going on?" And he did as good as he could, considering he was also starting to lose it at the second part of his term with his own dementia problems. And then we had Bush Sr. for four years, which was that was a disaster. And then Clinton really continued the Jimmy Carter uh, socialism movement. And Bush Jr. was Bush Jr. was kind of like the village idiot who went along with whoever paid him the most. And then Obama was really the Manchurian candidate, I think, the guy who was picked to echo in the New World Order, so to speak, in a, in, in a conspiratorial term. Uh, you know that globalization of socialism, and it's scary to think that Trump is like so hated by these people because he is the uh, a monkey wrench in their system. Yeah. And this is really what's happening, and we're seeing it yeah. right before our eyes. Look at well, the cities that are being burned. Exactly it's well what happens to people in communism. You saw it with your own yeah. eyes, or, or heard about it. Yeah, yeah. your own family, uh, several members of your family, a firing squad. You know. Yeah, Just I had for family speaking members out killed. about the Castro regime. Yeah, I mean, one famous case, if anybody uh, who hasn't heard me say it before, is my my cousin uh, Nelson Molinet Espino. If you look him up on Google or anywhere, his uh, case is infamous. He was a school teacher in Cuba. He protested against the Cuban government and treatment of the people with a hunger strike. That's all he did was a hunger strike, and uh, a few other protesters joined him. And immediately when the government found out, they took him all in. It was like, I think it was like 11 of them. And they took him all in, and they sent them to prison for 20 years for a hunger strike. Hmm. So there, if you guys... Uh, but that, were, but they didn't shoot those, though, though, huh? Well, no, but 20 years in Cuban prison, you might as well get shot. Uh, my oh, cousin, well, I would when, prefer to be shot the first day myself. Yeah, when he got out of prison, let's just say he went in a brilliant man. He got out of Looney Tunes because of what happened to him in prison. They really like went off on him on a daily basis. And uh, what I'm telling you guys, this is what happens on, a, on this kind of a platform for socialists out there who think it's going to be all you know sunshine and rain. You know, Cuba was an early platform. Uh, Venezuela is even closer to that, and look what they're going through. And this is a, a big stage, the United States. If that happens here, Mike, we're screwed. You, that's right. The that's world exactly is screwed. right. Yeah. I will probably quit being happy if that happens. <laughs> Somehow, I think you'll find a way to see the sunshine and the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I don't know. You know, that's what this virus is all about, to get rid of the old people. I, I may not sound my age. Uh, I'm sure I don't. <laughs> but no, no, you don't. I'm 73 years old, and um, you know, the older people like myself, especially if you're unbiased, you learn the whole universe in like the last 10 years of your life. That's based on education, of course. But like I was telling you earlier, it 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 goes from from the education on. And, of course, even the education starts as getting your your head is on your shoulders to start with, uh, sort of, usually. <laughs> head and shoulders. Yeah. Like the shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now for snowflakes out there anywhere. 
but the man who lives in Snowflake, Arizona, at one point, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's all coming back full circle right now, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I I have so many circles that I get onto. You know, on my show or any other show, if you let me talk, I start talking. I go off on tangents. The thing of it is, I always come back around. <laughs> you let me keep going, I'll come back around, you know. And then not like those flat earthers out there. Not like the not like the flat earthers out there. We're we're all in a, in a round uh, sphere. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you, these uh, pre- presented or featured natural illusions I've been coming up with. Uh, they, of course, are uh, basically uh, the culmination of my life. Uh, everything from astronomy. I mean, featured by feature, I say because I present them on a like a background. You know, their text placed on the background of something that I have done, a piece of artwork. It has to be mine, and that makes it all the more clever because, like, like a lot of the, them are uh, photorealistic, uh, whatever. And one of them is about billboards, right? But there's a, a picture that looks like a photograph on the billboard, which I painted. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. all said and done, these things, you know, especially the ones, you know, photorealistic stuff, are are an illusion themselves <laughs> because they're not photographs, you know. They're, yeah. They're actually painted by me and on mm-hmm. on. <laughs> no, I'm I'm looking yeah, at no that one, the, the one with the piano, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I sent you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, you look at that, and you're like, yeah, it's a picture of a piano. Yeah, yep. It looks that way standing right next to it too, <laughs> and that's painted. Uh, and, and I've got other things there. Uh, probably not on that thing that you got there on Messenger, but on the on one of those email things. Uh, I don't know if you'll get them or not. You got one. It came in right while we were talking, but uh, because there's quite a bit a lot on them, right? One of them is, is just a painted billboard, but there's a number of illusions in that. And, of course, the, again, I painted the billboard, right? And it's, it talks about the letter, you know, the O's, the round letters have to be above and below the line. And and then there's an inset in there that shows a, 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 an A that's enlarged. And that has shows how you have to accentuate the tips and the points of, uh, just so they will look square or look like a like a corner or a point, because if otherwise uh, the natural illusion that takes over is that they just look rounded off, and you know so so in order to get a nice sharp looking corner, especially a point, you've got to way accentuate it, and and so people don't even know that. And the other thing about billboards is they're they're like, I mean I was in the sign company when I did all that work, and so I know that. People come to me and they say, "Yeah, you know that uh, that uh, sign down there in the in the valley, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I want one just like that. So you could put that like on a four by eight piece of plywood. They don't understand that signboard for one thing. It's not plywood, but uh, <laughs> but the, the billboard <laughs> is like 10, 10 by twenty five. You know, four by eight. <laughs> God, you know." There are so many illusions in life, so many yeah. illusions, and I have been personally involved in just about all of it. In astronomy, it's endless. Do you know that the stars, we wouldn't even be able to see the stars except for one really huge illusion, and it's natural. <laughs> by the it, way, it, people might not understand no what I mean by natural illusions. 
Okay. Those are things that are that are just happen in nature, and you can't get away from them. Right. You can't. There's no way you can get past it. Uh, man, like, the, like, like a rainbow, right. like a rainbow, yeah. for example. The which? Like a rainbow. Oh right, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, a rainbow is a sort of an illusion. It's uh, yeah, yeah, just a reflection of the sun off water droplets because it usually Correct. happens when there's a lot of moisture in the air. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's no gold at the end of the rainbow. It doesn't exist, the gold. Right. No. <laughs> in fact, if you walk towards the rainbow, it just keeps going further away. You know? <laughs> well, and thus the illusion. And thus the illusion is right there. Really fast, really fast <laughs> towards the rainbow. And just, it, I could never get there. <laughs> ah, that's the illusion right there, Brent. That's, uh, that's it right there in a nutshell. Uh, rainbows, man. Gotta love uh. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, you know, the Aurora Borealis is another uh, fascinating illusion. The Aurora Borealis, and uh, yeah, no, you're right. There's a, there is a lot of natural illusions, and I, I can imagine. It's endless. Uh, it's endless. Yeah, I can, uh, imagine uh, a few thousand years ago, before people knew so much about you know things uh, as we know now, and they saw something like <laughs> well, the Aurora Borealis. Far they were, don't even know about these things, you know. That's true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I, I belong to like 14 different groups, you know, and I, I send these things out, you know, because they're, they're all copyright and everything, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean, you pay for it, but uh, shoot, I won't say much more about that because people are going, oh, we have free reign. Huh? <laughs> shoot. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Hands off my artwork. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a lot of my stuff we copyrighted twice, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, where the hell was I? Another tangent. Oh man. I uh, hang on a second. I'll get back around. <laughs> yeah, this remind you of our martial arts days. Focus. Oh, there you go. Let's talk about martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Uh, you know, that's a perfect segue. If that's a perfect tough, segue. Yeah, that's a perfect win. segue. Yeah, no, you absolutely. That's a perfect segue, actually, because yeah, yeah, you're right. If uh, martial arts is partly an illusion, because you know, no uh, real practitioner of martial arts ever wants to be an aggressor and pick a fight. Uh, it's all about defense and and about giving the illusion of uh, calming the other person down. So it is partly an illusion in a sense. Well, the only time you could say I ever picked a fight was when I deliberately boxed in the ring. Or uh, what what they called barroom brawls back there, which was a combination of uh, ring, uh, what do you call it, cage fighting, right. and and ring fighting. <laughs> but I never lost a fight, uh, never once, in the street either. But but I never started except for you know deliberately joining that, uh, which I did for three years, and never lost a fight. But uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm a black belt. Okay. Now, did you and Travis ever get into like scraps and stuff back in the day? And uh, did he know that uh, your your martial arts ways or probably would have got him hurt? Uh, for some reason, Travis never got into a fight. Uh, I have reasons for that. I won't say it, but uh, I did. People pick fights with me, and I don't know why, because I'm an easygoing guy. I always have been. Uh, but I don't start them. I certainly don't. Never do. Well, Not I, even I can, if I should. I mean, I can tell you. I can tell you this much: as long as I've known you, you've been a pretty easygoing guy. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Uh, you know that when you're unbiased, happy just happens. I'm talking about natural happy. 
because you see, if you're truly, and that's a, that's a mark of being unbiased. You can't be insulted. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that movie, uh, what is it called now? Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse. <laughs> he says, uh, yep. what if somebody calls you up, you know, that he says, well, is, is she? <laughs> he says, don't pay attention to those things because people are just stringing some words together to solicit a response. So it doesn't mean anything. It's not personal. And that's when the other guy says, calling my mother up. No, is it personal? He says, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Patrick Swayze was that way in real life, but that was the, what the movie was. And the, the movie depicted is true. Uh, when you know, people just string to words together to, to mm -hmm. try to insult you, to get you to fight or whatever. And people yep. have done that to me uh, hard, you know, many times. <laughs> but they didn't realize that I'm skilled, you know, in boxing and martial arts. Never lost a fight. Didn't pick it. <laughs> And considering what you've gone through over the years after the event, I'm sure you've had uh, people oh, yeah, double too. down sometimes, especially in the area yeah. you, you guys lived in. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for a while there, I couldn't even go in a bar, which I didn't usually go in anyway, but I did on occasion, like having a big dance or something. And uh, the guys would look at me really weird. Of course, the thing of it is, I've always been muscular, you know. Back then, I would, I would wear a a tank top, you know, which just kind of accentuated it because I needed uh, something, sort of a shield. So just looking tough was my shield, right? <laughs> Not that I couldn't beat them. I just didn't want to fight them, say. <laughs> so looking tough kept me from having to fight, but it still happened anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the look does help, believe me. I've walked into rooms and I'm... I'm not a tough-looking dude, but I'm about six foot tall. I'm a you know a husky guy, and uh, people look at me and yeah, I don't get picked on anymore. I used to get bullied as a kid, but I was a lot smaller back then. And uh, these days, they just they're like, "Hi, sir, how are you doing? All right, keep yeah. going. Don't, don't hurt, yeah, don't hurt us." One, yeah, one time uh, Travis and I, of course, we've been on tour all over the world, and he he will keep saying, "What what in the world are you pulling that that hundred dollar bill out for?" He says, people see that and they'll rob you. And I says, yeah, let them try. You know? <laughs> he couldn't understand me doing that. I had no fear. Of, because, you know, this is like a foreign place. Well, that's just dangerous, me. though, Mike. That's just, that's dangerous. <laughs> well, I've always been kind of a daredevil, too, because why in the hell should I hide my money? Damn it, you know? <laughs> uh, if, so, if somebody wants to jump on me, I'll show them why they didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but they got to do it and I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to tiptoe through the tulips just to keep people from you know trying to steal my money or pick on me <laughs> I'm not that now, way I mean I'm, now, you, I'm you, 73 I'm still not that way I, you, you're 73 and your travels has taken you like really with the, the story of what happened you, you've really like gone all over the world with this uh, uh, over the, the decades I mean uh, this is uh, a story that uh, you know made you almost uh, famous worldwide. I mean, you guys really had an amazing. You want to know a statistic, exposure a statistic? I don't know my statistics, but I got a statistic here a while back. Uh, Travis is better known throughout the world than any single U.S. president. I believe it. 
Yeah, I believe it. Uh, like I said, I mean, that the story you guys shared, I mean, that was what inspired me to get into the subject uh, heavily. Uh, because, you know, at that point, I had an experience in the mid-80s when we were in California. Uh, but it wasn't something that I took as alien-related because it was something I saw and uh, it flew off really quick after it was uh, hovering for a little bit. But I didn't notice any missing time. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't, didn't have the concept of aliens or missing time or the whole nine yards. But then a few years later when the movie came out, my father took me to see it because it turned out he was into the subject. And uh, when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, my God, this is fascinating. Uh, you know, this happened. And then I went and read the book, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> the book is Hollywood better. Playing. Yeah, Holly <laughs> was playing a trick on you, yeah. Yeah. He sure did. Yeah, I, I, I always felt bad. ideas I, about why they did. I always felt bad for Tracy Torme because I, I know he had that in a good script and got, like, really uh, butchered. Yeah, and I know that uh, Paramount told him not to show us the really bad parts of the script where the changes were made, yeah. bad changes. All said and done, though, they treated me much better. In fact, uh, my character's on the screen a little over twice as long as Travis's is. And right. so Travis, yeah. Travis is now like, well, that's <laughs> just one of the little things. I, I Travis won't admit to this. I know damn good and well he's jealous of a whole lot of things. Did you know in the first book, the first book we came out, which is called The Walton Experience, uh, I won't say the amounts, but I was paid over twice what he was just for the illustrations. <laughs> wow. Oh, he, he has taken that bad all along. <laughs> I mean... Well, imagine, um, he's, he's the one that was taken and... Uh, He's like, uh, everybody's making money but me. Damn it! Yeah, well, <laughs> I know why. It's because what I turned in, they'd never really seen before. They they didn't believe anybody could paint that good. And that first yeah. book, I wasn't even photorealistic yet. You know, not really. No, and, I mean, and not only that, look who also got to play you in the movie for crying out loud, Robert Patrick. I mean, Jesus! Oh my! The, the, the second yeah. Terminator. I mean, and you know on. what's funny? What's funny is that. Robert Patrick and I became, we still are. In fact, I've asked him to be on my show, and he's thinking about it, okay? He hasn't, <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't even said anything in like two weeks now, right? So I kind of think maybe he won't, okay? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were friends right off. That's, you know, when I, you know, I get back off the tangent, right? Get back on the circle, <laughs> My girlfriend at the time, Bernadette, who happens to, she was with me 26 years as my spouse, but never married. The father, uh, I mean, the mother of my brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, genius son. <laughs> she was with me on all that. I took her with me on all these things, right? <laughs> her and Robert Patrick hit it off real good. Of course, she was kind of cute back then. <laughs> She's turned into a Klingon woman now. <laughs> Oh, don't say I that. Mean, That's just wrong. You know, she's not, I don't mean she's ugly. I mean, she, she's she's solid. I mean, she's a bodybuilder, right? If, if you don't find her drinking, uh, you know, Romulan ale or Klingon ale or any of that, that ale, you'll be uh -huh. okay. <laughs> I find so damn much to laugh about. If one day you wake up and she's like, and she's like with some dagger, then you might have something to worry about. But until then, you, I think you're going to be okay. Not only does she look like a bodybuilder, 
She left me for a woman. Oh. <laughs> I guess he, she was really good looking to the females. You know? Well, I'll, I'll give you this peace of mind. You know that she'll never be with another man quite like you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm unbiased <laughs> about that, too. It's like, okay, that sounds good, but I don't know what's really going on. I don't even know I'll... what's going on with her friends, you know. I know that she used to bring these girls over to my house, you know. I mean, she, I, Burnett lived here, right? <laughs> She'd bring these girls over. And she never once let me join in. <laughs> she never offered See, I would have been like, if that would have been me, if that would have been me, my my girlfriend told me, I would have been like, cool, can I watch you join in? Like, you know, that would have been my very next question. Like, I would not have hesitated. Yeah, I'd never even hit her with that, you know. Uh, (laughs) uh, At one point, because I won't won't do that, uh, that, she already knew that. She knew that I wouldn't. Uh, But, uh, yeah, these girls would come over. (laughs) And I'd talk to him, just like fine, you know. But at at one point, I finally told the Bernard, I says, I I can't have a you know personal relationship with you, I just can't. And uh, on that basis, it uh, as she still comes over like two or three times a week, because our son Hest lives here. He won't leave me. Right. He's lived with me his whole life, and that's another whole story about itself. Heston is brilliant because he's uh, a savant, which means that he is brilliant with whatever he does. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's very good at artists. He's very good. He's absolute genius with music, so much so he wouldn't. Even, it's just phenomenal. But he's not good with people, and that, of course, gotcha. is what a savant is, right? Yep. And uh, so he's lived with me his entire life uh, because. Uh, Dad is his best friend, and uh, the world is not. However, <laughs> it all goes along with not having a, 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 the ability to, you know, deal with women. He's a very good-looking kid, right, besides being real talented. Last night, he had two women at the same time. And I asked him this morning, I said, Hessen, did you sleep with them? He said, no. He said, I won't. And he says, the one was my girlfriend. She came over because she thought I would, but I wouldn't because the other girl was here. And, uh, oh, God. You know, he, he will allow them in there. He won't sleep with but he will allow them in there because he doesn't know how to say no. You know, uh, <laughs> well, he knows how to say no to sex, but he doesn't know how to, he doesn't want to hurt their feelings, you know. <laughs> See, I, I I would say yes to the whole experience, and and again, my question would be like, can I join? <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> well, that's a funny thing to say, but I don't think very many would, men would. Uh, they might fantasize about it, but I don't think they really would. Uh, oh, you'd be surprised. Some might. Some <laughs> might. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I know I wouldn't. <laughs> I know my son won't. <laughs> In fact, uh, he's gone right now because he went down to Winslow, which is like a two-hour drive, to get this one girl that, hell, I asked this one girl to marry me. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I think she was thinking about it because, (laughs) you know, uh, but she was turned off by the fact that this other girl that came, and she only came because she saw the other girl, right? (laughs) 
Now, does she yeah. does she know the history of like you know, your background, who you are? Or was it oh, just me? one yeah, of those random yeah, things? Yeah, she knows. She knows who I am. <laughs> I'm sure everybody in town knows exactly who Mike is. Oh yeah, yeah. This happens all the time. Uh, you know, I'm 73. I'm. Yeah, people consider me good looking, all that, but and, and I'm fully functional, right? As far as sex and like that's going. I'm a little slow to walk, <laughs> oh. a little, at least a little slower than I used to be, but uh, <laughs> I used to be really fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, time takes its toll with everybody, especially when you're uh, you're engaging in some uh, activities with the ladies. You know, it's uh, it's hard to walk those off. So you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's been hard all my life, but I have. You know, I've only had like. Four sex partners in my entire life. Never once cheated on a wife or a girl. Only had one wife. Never cheated on her. Bernadette was with me for uh, 26 years until she finally wow. wandered off, you know, in some dark corner somewhere <laughs> to meet her girlfriend. <laughs> That's just saying. Anyway, uh, never, never, ever cheated. Never. Uh, because I don't believe in it. I, I don't have a criminal record or a traffic record either. See, I'm one of the good guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and a lot of folks are, you know, probably shocked by that when they when they heard the initial story because, I mean, you guys were looked at as murderers and and killers yeah. and by some people, well, and, and I'm something. like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Just because you know they're you know, uh, accidentally involved in something which nobody planned. I mean, how, how quick to judgment are some people? There's always a story behind the story behind the story. Yeah. Sheriff Gillespie uh, had to go by the books, okay? But he believed us. He always has. Yeah. Uh, now, he was shocked when we passed those polygraph tests, okay? At least that's what the polygraph examiner said. The polygraph examiner was a... He came to find out about murder, and he believed it was. So he, even though we picked straws, uh, he picked Steve Pierce first. Because Steve Pierce was actually 17 at the time, and he and he looked younger, so the examiner thought, well, it's because he knew. I mean, he's talked about the sense. He picked him because uh, the youngest of the group, if there's a, a group conspiracy, is is more most more than likely the one to talk. You know, right? Uh, that's up, right? That, that's the one who was played by uh, uh, the kid from uh, E.T. Yeah. Henry Thomas. Yeah, Henry Thomas. You yeah. you said Thomas Henry on on my show. Yes, <laughs> Henry Thomas. Yeah, dyslexia. I, I, have I? By the way. Yeah, I've met all those guys. <laughs> you know, Robert Patrick. Oh my gosh, Travis has just been jealous of me over so many things. He doesn't say he is. <laughs> well, when you have fact, one of the Terminators sure playing you I'm in sure a, sure he's listening to this show, and I'm sure he doesn't the, like what I'm saying. You know, but <laughs> when you have one of the Terminators playing you in a movie about you know your you know about somebody else's life, I'm sure they kind of like digs at him at him a little bit. He's like, couldn't he play me, the Terminator guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In fact, not to, uh, hey, know, not to discount uh, DB Swinney, by the way, he did a phenomenal job. He was great in the movie. You bet. Uh, he yeah. did. Uh, however, there there is a difference. Okay. Robert Patrick's a really genuine good guy. D.B. Sweeney is known for tearing up his room, uh, raising hell, and he's very egotistical. Robert Patrick is not. Uh, he's very well-liked. He's a big star and all kinds of things. But 
And ter- how can you beat Terminator, right? My gosh. <laughs> and he played my part. But yeah, uh, Dean Sweeney played Travis, and Travis wasn't really, he pretended, you know, he that was cool. He, he there's, you know, Lonesome Dove and all these, all these TV things that, you know, he had done. But I could tell just from the way he talked that he was very envious of Robert Patrick. <laughs> and, and the thing of it is, uh, Paramount sent us a list of, of people to play, that were going to play us. And all the ones that they picked to play Travis were like, flaky you know <laughs> the whole they were stars okay <laughs> but uh, the, the, they were gonna they had uh what was it uh con uh that guy con and they had uh, uh oh James Con. yeah that's no. right okay. and several uh really good looking actors you know and then when it when it came to the uh <laughs> when it came to like these uh, you know on tour right uh-huh Travis uh, told them that I was a, a hermit, right? <laughs> Lived in the woods, didn't have a phone or nothing like that. Because he was already, at that point, uh, not wanting me to be around, really. You know, he didn't want me stealing his limelight, right? <laughs> it, it, I mean, that, I put it in that term, but it was a lot of things, you know. But, uh, <laughs> shoot. Oh God! I mean, you guys, I'm sure you guys, you know, sit back now and laugh at it because it's been so long. But at the moment, I I can see I can see when Travis probably was bubbling up and saying, like, "James Con, the Terminator." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to knock James Con, by the way, he's another great actor. Yeah, some of those uh, deadbeat uh, big stars, right? <laughs> they picked to play Travis. They sent us a list. Now, of course. They just sent us a list. They didn't send us who they were going to choose, right? We do. We didn't, we weren't even in the process. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just, just imagine said, if, if they were making the movie today in Hollywood, they'll get somebody like John Cryer to play Travis Walton or somebody like that, and Charlie Sheen would play. Uh, like... You know who? You know he want <laughs> who he wanted to play him, but of course who? they didn't even ask him. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I got. I, I got to stop here a second. I I'm laughing too hard. Who who? I I'm dying to know who who was the the guy that tried. Hang on a second. I got to quit laughing for a second. Oh God! Please please let me like Rodney Dangerfield. That'd be just so funny. <laughs> no, this is who Travis wanted, right? <laughs> okay. Quickly down under. Does that give you a clue? <laughs> the crocket, Tom, Selleck. Uh, crocket. Tom, Selleck. Tom Selleck, really? Yeah, that's who oh, he I... wanted. That's who he wanted. Paramount the mustache, I can, I can kind of see it with the mustache, though. I can, I can almost see that. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of resemblance, but you know, yeah. Uh, for some reason, Paramount didn't want him, or at least uh, they didn't even ask him, as far as I know. <laughs> but tr- that's who Travis wanted. Okay. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. That that would have been a completely different movie. It's it's amusing because uh, the poor guy, man, he's been passed over for some juicy roles. You know, he was up for uh, both Han Solo and Indiana Jones, and uh, he was that close from landing Indiana Jones, uh, wow. but he was he was contracted for Magnum PI, and the show uh, overlapped the production of, uh, of you know Indiana Jones, so he couldn't do it. It conflicted with the uh, the filming. And he had to say no to Indiana Jones. Can you imagine that? Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's, it's funny to hear you talk about Hollywood like you really know what you're talking about, <laughs> but <laughs> you obviously do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny no, to hear I, me talk about the star space, you know, all these uh, things that are illusions. You know why I pre have present these illusions? It's because I'm a realist, and, and, and you can't understand how real reality is until you understand the illusions. Correct. That's right. If you don't yeah. understand illusions, you will never understand reality. Mm -hmm. And That's the thing okay. is, reality exists. The illusions are just things, okay? Reality is hard. It's absolute. Absolute. It's unchangeable. I mean, you can pick the color of your house, right? That'll change reality in that respect. But as far as actually changing something in some major way, you can't. You can't change it. And you can't change natural illusions. You can't change them. Uh, that's why I'm writing this book, why I'm doing these things. Uh, natural illusions is something that uh, never, you, you can't even find the phrase natural illusions anywhere. Can't find it. I, I haven't run into it anywhere. So in now, that you, respect, you, it's completely unique, yeah. Now, you, you're writing a book. Uh, you want to uh, you know tell us a little bit more how long you are in the book? It's almost finished. Trouble of it is, I keep coming up with these things that I want to illustrate. You know, I, I want to illustrate them. And of course, I've got a sea of the illustrations I've done. And, right. and of course, I can whip one up in a couple hours. But uh, I, I keep finding things. You know, like right here while we were talking, I realized several that uh, I didn't even mention while you were talking about it. Uh, I, keep see, I keep seeing these things. And I go, gosh, that needs to be there. That needs to be there, you know. And we're, we're talking major stuff, right? It's major. I'm not talking about, oh, she looked at me the wrong way. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about those kind of illusions. I'm talking about natural illusions, things that you can't do anything about. You can turn yourself. By the way, natural illusions includes all the physical senses, all of them. And one of the biggest I've found, okay, one of the very biggest it's called virtual perception, and you can't find that phrase in the dictionary either. You can't even find anybody talking about it. You know what virtual perception is? Okay? Uh, one, a yep. real easy example. You're at the airport. You see mm -hmm. a big jumbo jet come in for a landing. You go, it's not flying fast enough. <laughs> That's an illusion. It, look, it looks extremely <laughs> slow, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. an illusion. It's a natural illusion. You can't you can't change it. And it, it all has to do with size. It's misperception mm -hmm. of size. And when you yep. misperceive the size of something, it'll either go faster or slower, depending you know, it'll appear faster or slower, depending on the size that you misperceive. Correct. Uh, yeah. My, I first my goodness that that's a beautiful way of putting it. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I have to interject. That's a beautiful way of putting it because that's ideal to the way I describe to some idiots out there who don't understand why the Earth rotates at the speed it does. And they're like, "Why don't we ever see it move when we see, you know, astronauts' point of view uh, on the shuttle?" And I'm like, "You imbecile! It's a very large planet." Yeah. <laughs> and besides, you you talking about motion? Uh, we're in motion with the Earth, right? Correct. <laughs> it never yes. change. That's why and there's gravity. Down, there's other know? things. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they completely misconceive and well, completely forget thing. about yeah. science and, and everything. They just throw it out the window. <laughs> you just, know, it's that, amazing. Yeah. 
time and gravity are illusions, but they're both very real in their own respect. You know, time doesn't actually exist, right? And so they get all these concepts about going forward, backward, blah, blah, blah. In fact, I had this lady on my show not too long ago, I don't know, we got four months ago or something, and she wrote this book, okay, and uh, it was about how she had this concept where UFOs are really us coming back from the future, okay? <laughs> well, I just said one oh, simple that's a thing. Pipe I said, said one simple thing on that show because earlier, you know, five, ten minutes before, she had said, Einstein was right. Time doesn't exist. So, you know, and then later she, she came. So it was already working on my head that she wrote this book that said this. And then she said it straight out. And I said, listen, <laughs> I says, if time doesn't exist, how can there, how can anybody go forward or backward in time? She paused for like three seconds then went on like I hadn't said anything. <laughs> and then after the show, she wouldn't talk to me. She's hated me ever since. You well, openly point out debunked a contradiction. It. I just yeah, pointed out yeah. in reality a contradiction. Yeah. You know, people people in the paranormal who write books like that, they don't they don't think. No. You know, I'm gonna say this straight out. They don't think. They're they're writing the book just because they get this idea and they don't mm-hmm. realize that it can be contrary to everything. Even themselves. Yeah. 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 No, it's absolutely true. Uh, it, it's not just the paranormal. Unfortunately, a lot of people across the world fall into this in all spectrum of life. Uh, they just are, It's like an, a, a mental block, I would say. Well, it's called bias, preconception. Right. It's like their own point of view bias of reality. Which right. They uh, believe in what they want to believe in, and they don't give yeah. a damn about anything else. They really yeah, don't. Yeah. You see it politically now. You see it politically. No, but you see it politically now, like where you, you can't have a conversation with anybody on the left because if your you know point of view is completely a little bit different, they'll eat you alive. I mean, they're doing it to them, to themselves, where people that are Democrats are going against people that are Democrats because uh, they don't agree with each other. And I'm like, are you serious? They don't like, understand <laughs> that it's the damn TV doing it to them. Yeah. They they might have been they might have been a, a Democrat to start with, but now they got you know the Chinese communist. And if you say a word to them that, about Chinese communism or even communism, or even socialism, they'll say no way you're stupid. You're you know? xenophobe. But they don't they don't understand that they're they're yeah. being indoctrinated. I, I have a Correct. sister and and her daughter. She has a lot of kids, but she has a daughter that is is a hard hard left right. Uh, my sister is only soft left, but she has a husband that's hard left. And uh, my nephew, who lives with me here too, has been for quite some time uh, for free. <laughs> but he, uh, he tells me that when he goes over there, right? This guy's name is Paul. Okay, he, uh, she's, he says that he leaves that TV on CNN night and day. Wow. Yeah. Ultimate indoctrination by Communist News Network. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And you, I, can't, I can't tell them a thing about it. I, can, I can't even. In fact, my sister says, please, uh, I love you. Let's don't talk politics anymore. Let's just don't. Of course, she's a little different. Like I say, she's soft left, okay? Right. <laughs> but Paul, oh, oh my God, he'll get out his gun, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah no, and, the, and these people really do believe 
uh, everything that's fed to them. Uh, and look, television, tell lies to your vision. Television, tell lies. I mean, it, it's right there in the name itself. Uh, it's all an illusion. It's all a part of the plan. Absolutely. And it you really know, the, is. Those, these illusions go right into commercials big time. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Big time. I mean, you wouldn't believe. And, and you know why that can be done, one of it? Because people only think with one side of their brain, which makes them have a kind of a subconscious in the other side. Right. If yep. you use both sides of the brain like I do, okay, because I can write, I can do music, I can sing, I can, you know, just like my son, anything and everything. I have a little bit of trouble with people. <laughs> I think that just comes down to the fact that they irritate the shit out of me because they're so stupid. Right? <laughs> and yet we do podcasting. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually very open, out, out, outgoing, right? But I say I don't understand women. It's because I understand them too damn well. It's why. Yes. Uh, they annoy me because, well, uh, if a woman came along that actually had some brains, Serious brains? Ooh, I asked that's this tough. one girl that married me the other day. <laughs> I probably would marry her if she would do it, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm 73. You know, I've got some money and stuff. But so what, you know? I mean, I'm 73. And, Heston, you know, he's only 29. <laughs> oh, he's got, he's got a ways to go. I think <laughs> yeah. both, of you, both of you have a long way to go. I don't think you're going to leave us anytime soon. Oh, you're yeah. more filled with life than, than I am at this point, and I'm only 42. Yeah, well, I, I like to say I move a little slow. I, I, I lost a little balance here a few years ago. Uh, that's my main problem. I don't have any loss of muscle or anything, my legs or, or my groin or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that is muscle numero uno, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> that's I, why I, when you go to the bathroom, it's called the number one. That's for, for yeah, that reason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I I made a major mistake because I I've climbed trees you know for who well hell all my life really but you know in the in the tree service business we was installing lightning rods right and invariably these stupid people only wanted a lightning rod after they had been hit by lightning right and this country around here is is the second highest lightning <laughs> strike area in the entire nation. Second only to the Florida Everglades, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's because there's yeah, a lot of water yeah. there, a lot of tall trees. Yep, but, uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the Mogollon Rim area here in Arizona, which is the Kayabab Plateau, you know, uh, is, is a second second highest because we get hell. We get lightning storms here that are so strong that it, it turns daylight and stays that way because wow. the light is flashing so constantly, constantly, that it lights everything up. We're wow. talking about a lot of lightning here, a lot of lightning. A lot of people haven't even seen those kind of lightning storms before, but I've seen them many times <laughs> right here, uh, right from my balcony here. You know, but Imagine if there was a way to, to capture that lightning and put it in a bottle and actually distribute it as electricity for the masses. Well, let me get back around, uh -huh. back on the track here. <laughs> Come around. The, <laughs> the reason, the reason I got, I, I had a stroke. Okay, and, and you have to know what lightning is to know, and it goes in a long thing. I won't explain it all. <laughs> okay. Well, we but, actually we're running a very short of time, and I have the, the next show coming up in in about six yeah. minutes. Well, very uh, quickly. Yeah, I got, go I get hit with plasma. Okay, and when I got down from the tree, I couldn't walk. Okay. Right. Went to the hospital. They sent me home to die, right? But me being me, I was very healthy. I recovered with 
in a matter of fact, I went to work the very next day after being in the hospital for a week. I had sent me home to die. I was at work the next day. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I had How long ago was seeing. this? I had trouble seeing. I had trouble walking uh, like that, but, but I recovered. Within a year, I was back in the trees uh, <laughs> doing everything, and uh, there you go. Anyway, that's, that's the reason I had the strokes. All it affected permanently is my wow. balance. Not that entirely, but to some extent, yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, 15 years ago. A little over, almost 16. Wow. And look at that. You're still here, and uh, thank goodness for that. Oh, and yeah. uh, look, you know, as uh, time progresses, I definitely want to bring you back on. Because I can talk, you know, the hour in, in 20 minutes we're on just flew by, and we could do this uh, for several hours, and we have off air and on your show, uh, which, by the way, it was really, really, you know, thank you. It was an honor to be on your show, and uh, that well, was it's an honor a... to be on yours, man. It really is because you're a real thinker. I know you cater to the paranormal. <laughs> I, <heard some laughs> yeah. I try. I, I try to cater to everybody. You know, if you uh, yeah. you know check out the podcast a little, if, you know, now that you know who I am, if you uh, look at the, uh, the the number of people that are in the diversity of uh, guests that I've had on. I cater to the paranormal ufology, but I'm open, very open-minded to a lot of different things. Like yourself, we actually, uh, it's funny, we share a lot of things in common, which I never knew. Now I know. And, I, you know, <laughs> going on in the next year, I definitely want to have you on, uh, you know, a couple more times, at least, before the Kung Flu kills all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, that's, uh, I don't want to quit being happy. My God. I probably well, would no, still be happy, but I don't want to be under that, no. No, no, but look, knowing you made me a lot happier, and uh, thank you for that. Uh, I, want you, uh, I want to take this opportunity, because uh, I have uh, about a minute and a half left. Uh, give uh, the audience, uh, again, the time of your show, and it's heard on KGRA Radio, okay. correct? I call it Saturday Night Live, you know. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I it's think that's live, taken. <laughs> but so Saturday Night wasn't either, right? <laughs> and I am humorous, okay? At least I laugh about everything. I don't necessarily tell jokes, but... Uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, it's, it comes on at 10 o'clock Pacific time. And, and AZ, since Arizona is a state by itself that never changes the time, we just have AZ time, okay? <laughs> but anyway, the logical state. Uh, 10 o'clock, uh, Arizona and Pacific. And, of course, that'll change in November right before the elections. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Too complicated to explain. But... Right now, for the next few days, uh, my show comes on at 1 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, okay, Eastern Time. <laughs> and that's uh, KGRA. In fact, you can get to it any time, especially the live show at the time, KGRARadio.com. And you get to my page, just Mike Heston Rogers, no, no, uh, no, no D, Mike Heston Rogers. And uh, and my email is mhrogers70 at you know email dot com. There you go, That's it. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the world famous Mike Heston Rogers. Thank you again, my friend, so much, and I look forward to uh, continuing our friendship and having you back on the show real soon. 
You bet. I can talk all night. <laughs> this I know. Guys, uh, stick around. We're going to have much more on the network here. We have Kaiser uh, Talk Radio coming up. He has a great hour uh, lined up. And Mitchell Nicholas Gerber after him on Unleashed Truth Radio. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. Thank you all for listening in. And thank you for being uh, a part of a fascinating evening with the legendary Mike Heston Rogers. Please look uh, at his show and take a listen. Bookmark the page on KGRA. Uh, shout outs again to uh, the great uh, Odin and the great Race Hobbs for uh, the link uh, to Mr. Rogers here. And uh, have a great night in your neighborhood, sir. You bet. Thank you, man. Take care and take care, everybody. We'll see you next uh, week on Thursday right here on the same show, Inside the Jackal's Head. Night. <laughs>